Hey guys, what's up? It is six o'clock on Sunday, so you better believe I am Kate Lumpkin and I'm here, oh, I'm very yellow today, um, and I'm here for office hours. So for those of you who have never joined me for office hours before, um, office hours is an hour where I come on Facebook Live and I um, chat with you guys about any questions that you might have, hey Cameron, um, any questions that you might have about the entertainment industry anything at all. Nothing is too big or too small or too silly or any of that. I am here to answer your questions. So I say this at the beginning of every video and I mean it with my whole heart. Um, everything that I give you, every bit of advice, everything that I say um, comes from my own personal experience, comes from the offices that I've worked in and the experiences that I've had. So for every you know bit of advice that I give you, please take it with a grain of salt. There will be a thousand people who agree with me and a thousand people who don't, maybe more. So if what I'm saying doesn't resonate with you or if it does, um, that's all that matters, right? Just, just that. So, um, I'm here. I'm a free resource. If you have any questions for me, please feel free to put them in the comments below. Um, and I'd love to answer them. So until I get my first question from you guys, uh, again, anything and everything is totally great. Um, personal questions, if you have them, <laughs> whatever you have for me tonight is great. Um, so I'm just going to keep talking until I get my first question. And I wanted to kind of recap some of the stuff that I've been working on with some clients this week. Um, it's kind of how I love to start my office hours is by talking about some things that I learned this week and some things that I hope my clients learn this week. Um, but one of the things that I was really talking about a lot this week uh, was the idea of how to take this industry and make it best work for you. And um, a lot of people say to me things like, I just, I just hate that it feels like a game and I feel like I can never learn the rules and when I finally learn the rules or I think I've learned them, they change again and I just can never like catch up. I feel like I'm always trying to swim to catch up and I never can. And so I, I verbalized it today at brunch for the first time in a way that I think makes total sense. And it's kind of my whole philosophy about this industry and about life, but really about this industry. Um, you're never going to learn the rules. <laughs> like, it's just not going to happen. Like, you're never going to learn them because they're constantly changing. And um, the second you do think you've mastered them, you're right. Like, you haven't. They're different again. Um, so what I think the one thing, though, that never changes is that people want to help other people. Um, and I know people think this is like a caddy industry and that everyone has an agenda. And you're right. <laughs> like, um, it's catty and everyone has an agenda and everyone wants to work so people are going to do what they can to work but people do want to help other people and it is a community at the end of the day so the one thing that will never change is that the rules will always change but person-to-person -person relationships and the things that you can get from them and create together will never change. Um, and so I would really recommend that rather than worrying about um, rather than worrying about how to learn the game and master the game and figure out the game and play the game, like screw the game. Invest in other people, invest in your relationships, invest in in creating together and then moving forward together as a unit, um, and it, it'll serve you better. It really, really, really will because the game was created to be, is created to win. <laughs> you know, they, we, they, everyone creates this game to make it harder, but I think we really do find that when we work at creating relationships, um, 
they will help you. They will help you more than mastering the game. So that was just something I thought about today at brunch. Okay, so Cameron asks me, what is your advice on getting into the TV film audition circuit as a musical theater actor? Best way to go about that, etc. Because I want to do it. All right. Okay, Cameron, I see you. I hear you. I like it. Um, okay, so in terms of like breaking into the TV audition uh, world, that's, you know, first and foremost, you got to know we talked about this a little bit last week, um, so I'm just going to do some kind of, like, touch points. And, Cameron, if you want to go back and watch last week's Office Hours, we talked about this for, like, 20 minutes. But I'm going to do kind of the high points. Um, oh, my cat is tearing apart my chair right now. <laughs> um, you know, breaking into the, the TV and commercial world, the first thing you must do is educate yourself. If you're a theater actor, a musical theater actor, and you've like not done the work in front of the camera and not learned the craft of what it means to be a TV film actor, don't try to break into anything. Like you need to take a class first and foremost. You need to find a class that you like in the city and actually do it. Um, because the second you start getting those appointments, once you start taking the steps to get those auditions, um, you're going to screw it up. <laughs> If, if you haven't taken the time to learn what you're doing and um, you really, you know this, Cameron, you know, and everybody who's watching, um, you only get one chance to, to come into the room for the first time. So I would really take the time to learn that. Okay, so let's say you've taken that class and you're very excited. Um, you know, we talk a lot on this, this show about pay for play and um, how important that is and whether I think it's cool or not, whether I personally enjoy it, which some of you know my personal opinions about that, um, it doesn't matter what I think. It's here to stay and it's how a lot of people get seen and meet people. Um, so that's one thing I would really do. Once you feel confident that you know what you're doing um, and you know how to how to do how to be in that room, what a TV film audition is going to look like, how to function in that space. Once you feel confident with that and you feel like you've done some of the work to put something on your resume or to create a reel at all, um, once you feel like you have some sort of package, then you really need to take a step back, figure out who the CDs are in the city who are um, casting things that maybe aren't series regulars right now since you are not probably going to be going in for um, series regulars at this point if you haven't done anything um, and find the you know CDs who are working to cast projects that you think you're right for um, and then find a way to meet them uh, and you know what those are that's one-on-one that's actors access you know things like that um, it's a really 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 solid strategy to get into those rooms also if you have an agent or manager and you haven't had the discussion with them about the fact that you are really ready to transition into TV film and you want to do that you need to have that conversation with your your team um, and see how they feel about it because clearly if they think that's not the direction you need to be going in um, that's a conversation that you need to have with the people who are on your side um, so you either need to convince them to be on your side or you know whatever your relationship is with them you need to have that conversation so um, you know Tell me if that was helpful, Cameron. I think that is what you were asking. We did go into a lot more depth of it last week, so do check that video out. Let me know in the comments below if that was helpful or if you have any follow-up questions. Okay, Ben has asked me. Let's see. I'm going to hit see more. Great. Um, Ben says, Kate, a lot of my friends from the Yale School of Drama come to New York after they graduate, and they do a lot of theater. Do you think they stay there for a long period of time? Because I worry that I'll end up in L.A. for some reason. Not sure. Um, 
I'm a little confused by your question. Oh, good, Cameron. I'm so glad you're going to check that out. Um, so I'm a little confused by your question. I think what you're asking me is, if you come to New York after Yale, are you going to get trapped here doing theater? Um, because I worry they'll end up in L.A. for some reason. Um, I'm a little confused by the question. So are you asking if um, you think they should go to L.A.? <laughs> Um, or you don't want them to go to L.A., you don't want to go to L.A.? Uh, I mean, here's the thing. I, I can kind of answer in general about what, what's happening here. Um, you know, a lot of people, when they go to school, either undergrad or grad school, and they showcase in the city, um, they need to make a decision about whether they want to stay in New York or go to L.A. Um, and some people make a decision and then they feel like, you know, they get, they get stuck in that decision and they get in a rut and they um, become known as a certain kind of actor. They're a theater actor. They're a film and TV actor. Um, but there are ways to navigate it so that you can definitely do both if that's something you're concerned about. I'm really confused by the wording of your question, my love, so if you could write it again so that I can actually answer what it is that you're trying to get at, I would love to. Um, again, you know, uh, I, I'm going to read it again, because I worry they'll end up in L.A. for some reason, not sure. And do a lot of theater. They come to New York after they graduate and do a lot of theater. Do you think they stay here for a long period of time? Um, so, again, I'm very confused by the wording of your question, Ben, so please take a minute and write it again. Um, I don't... I have this theory about actors who feel like they get stuck. And... My theory is this, we do what we want to do. That is human nature. Um, and I see it time and time again. People can talk a big talk and they walk a big walk, but they do what they want to do. Um, I am a prime example. I will use myself as an example. I talked a big talk about wanting to be an actor for a long time and guess what? I didn't do it. And you know why? Because I knew I had a different thing that I wanted to do. I knew that there was something else that I was supposed to be doing. So I find that a lot of people who come to New York after Showcase and stay in New York and do theater, um, they're doing that because that's what they want to do. And maybe they're not taking the active steps to do the other career that they, that, you know, the other stuff, the film and TV that they want to be doing. Um, or they know something inside of themselves that is telling them um, to do what they're currently doing, right? Um, and, you know, if people go to Yale to study drama, and I'm used to seeing a lot of theater people with people around that age. Hmm, I'm just used to seeing a lot of theater people with people around that age. Okay, um, you know, I'm going to finish what I was saying. I think if, um, if people... <laughs> I'm so confused by <laughs> your question, but I'm going to try to answer it anyways. Um, you know, I, I, it's kind of the, the, the thing, like I was saying, people do what they want to do. People are human and they, they know, they know their truths and they just don't want to verbalize them a lot of the time. So I think if people are, you know, actors, uh, theater actors, and they go to Yale and they decide to go to LA, that's because they know that's what they want to do and they go there and it, you know, it's, it's, going to be what happens. I think a theater training is a wonderful training if you're going to try to be on film and TV. Um, and so I think that's important. All right, I'm going to go to the next question. Let's see. Alana. Hey, Alana. It's been a very long time. We went to high school together. Hey, girl, what's up? Um, Alana says, wondering your thoughts on if you think there are more diverse roles opening up in commercial theater. Hamilton aside, <laughs> Hamilton aside for the sake of argument, I feel like there's still a lack 
of that on the Broadway scene especially? All right, this is a huge question and um, one that is really terribly exciting to me. Um, I feel like I can't, you know, I went into casting at this very, very pivotal time in the discussion about diversity in, you know, commercial theater and in film and TV as well, but definitely in commercial theater. Um, and I do, I really do think we're coming into an incredible new time where the conversation is happening at least, right? Forever, this conversation wasn't even happening. <laughs> um, and now the conversation is not only a conversation, it's one of the first conversations that's happening when it comes to creating things, to creating material and casting material. I think, A, Alana, to answer your question, we can't take Hamilton aside for the sake of the argument because Hamilton was such a game changer that it has become um, like a pinnacle and something that people look to. The difference, though, with Hamilton is that it was written in a way that it uh, was trying to tell stories from a different point of view um, and from a different perspective, and that is so amazing. And what I do think we're seeing, even more in terms of uh, casting, you know, looking for diversity in a cast is we're seeing a lot more writing that is asking for diversity. And a lot of producers, not a lot of producers, some producers who are willing to take risks um, and listen to new voices, female voices, diverse voices, and try to produce that work. So I do think that we're moving in the right direction. I don't think it's perfect. It's definitely not perfect. Um, and there are definitely still some people stuck in the Stone Age from all aspects of this industry. But I do think we're seeing more diversity that's going to happen. And I, I really, really, really hope that there are some people in this industry who keep pushing and keep pushing and keep um, calling out people who aren't doing it um, and, you know, telling stories for, for all people. Um, for all people, truly. Uh, so I think, I think that's good news. That is good news. That's where we are. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts about that if you have any of them, Alana, because I really treasure and value your thoughts. So write me a comment and let me know. Um, George asks, how does one go about networking without, without not knowing a specific clique or group of people? How does one invest? I feel like I do not have enough time for this separation in creating relationships as I have a family and time for them is my priority. I am willing to make time. Okay. First of all, George, you do have a family, and congratulations. I'm so excited for you for expanding your family. Um, that's just so thrilling. Um, here's the thing. How does one go about networking without knowing a specific clique or group of people? Um, so I have this theory. You actually do have a clique and a specific group of people, George. You've been here for a long time. You are a New Yorker. You know a lot of people. So you already have a bigger network of people than you think you do, right? Because for the eight people you know, they all know 20 people. Um, I wonder if you are actually utilizing the network that you already have to the best of your abilities. And maybe you are, and if you are, feel free to be like, screw you, Kate Lumpkin, I am doing all the things. And then I would say, way to go, George, you're amazing. Um, but I guarantee you that... The relationships that you've already fostered um, can be helpful to you in a way that's not manipulative and not using someone, but actually reaching out to the people that you've already met and worked with, especially in your you know younger gung ho musical theater fresh faced years, um, to to try to see where you can move forward uh, with those people that you've already connected with, um, and that just means 
taking the time, I tell this to all of my clients, take a time to make a spreadsheet of everybody that you know in this industry, right? So everybody who, um, who you've worked with, directors, artistic directors, casting directors, friends who are writers, composers, anybody, anybody that you've worked with and had a real connection with in some way, make a spreadsheet of their names, their occupations, contact information, and have it. Have it at the ready. And anytime you meet someone else, make sure you connect with them. Make sure you always have a business card. Make sure you friend them on Facebook. Do something and then put them into your spreadsheet. And then you can network on your own terms and in your own way. So if that means you are, you know, looking to, uh, to reach out to somebody, you already have all of that information in one place. Now what I will say is every opportunity you leave your door is an opportunity to network. So first and foremost, like take your headphones off and talk to people. You never know who you're going to meet. You never know who you're going to sit next to at the theater if you're going to the theater, even with your family. Um, you never, you just never know. So a huge thing that people forget is that like we're taking away our opportunities to meet other people when we silence ourselves to the world. So I would just encourage you to be a little more courageous first and foremost. You don't have to pay for those opportunities. Just take your headphones out. You know what I mean? Um, so that's one thing. But if you are talking strategically about networking within the industry, um, I would definitely, definitely be strategic. If you're going to go do pay-for-play to meet people, um, be strategic about who you're going to meet. Only pay for an opportunity to talk with someone who you actually think can further your career in a helpful way. Don't waste your time meeting someone who can't actually help you. Um, and I do think that's a great way to do it if, if you're at that place where you want to meet people in that way. Um, again, though, you just really, really, really have to be strategic about who you're meeting. Um, I also think in terms of networking, a huge part of networking and not necessarily knowing other people is to take the time and reach out to people and say, hey, I'm looking to expand my social circle. I'm looking to expand uh, my opportunities in this industry. Is anyone going to a party that I might have fun at? Let's go. I went to a party last night where I walked into the space and knew nobody. Luckily, at the end of the day, I knew one person and it was thrilling when she walked in the door, but it was great. I met lots of people. I had a really good time. I handed out business cards. I now have some new clients and some new friends. Like, it was great. I didn't know anybody there. The only reason I got to go was because my husband invited me last minute. Um, and it was great. So I think, you know, having a family is a wonderful opportunity. There are also lots of other working artists in New York who have families. Is there a way to create a meetup group for people who have children? Create a Facebook page and say, hey, can we have like a friend time with our kids and create connections that way? Um, does that make sense? Does that sound okay? Um, let me know, George. I hope that was helpful. If not, write it in the comments for me and I can um, try to be a little more helpful. Oh no, you're not going in that room. Shh. Um, okay, I'm going to look for my next question here. Let's see. Elizabeth writes, what are some of your best self-care practices when life has you a bit beaten down? Totally off topic, but I know you have words of wisdom. Okay, first of all, that is not totally off topic. Self-care is like wildly important in this industry, in any industry, but in our industry where you are your own business, no matter what aspect of this industry you're in, whether you are an actor, a dancer, singer, working in casting, working as a producer. You know you're your own business. Even if you work for a company, you're your own business. So self-care is super, super, super important. And I think some of my best self-care practices... <laughs> 
I'm sorry. This little doodle pop really wants to be in office hours today. Hey, this is Pumpkin Friends. Hi. Well, he's definitely part of my self-care. Adopting an animal was the best thing I ever did. Um, and laying with that cat is one of the best things that I can ever do. Um, but I think the most important self-care that I can recommend, especially for actors, is really, really, really um, taking the time to figure out when you need... <laughs> Pumpkin says hi back. Um, taking the time to figure out when you need a break. Um, we work really hard in this industry, and you have to, because the second you stop working hard, you feel like the industry stops working for you, and that's true. But at some point, if you work yourself to death, your work gets bad, and we all see it, and we all know it. So I think, you know, taking the time to make sure you shower every day. <laughs> um, sometimes I forget to do that, and that's such a great time and practice to either not think or to really think um, and take care of yourself. Uh, making sure you have quality time with friends is so vital. And when you have that quality time with friends, not talking about this industry, <laughs> like not talking about how pissed off you are about your audition, not talking about how you didn't get the thing, not talking about theater that you liked, like talking about real people things, not to say that our industry and what we do isn't real people things, but you know what I mean by that, like muggle things, talking about the world um, and how you can make it better. These are the things that I try to do. Um, I also really like a, a Manhattan. That's helpful for me. That's some self-care for me. Um, okay, so I hope that was a little helpful. I'm going to get back to some of the uh, other questions. Let's see. Uh, la, la, oh, great, Alana, I'd love to see you in January. That sounds great. Uh, I think we meant to say was, do you think actors do theater like off-Broadway stuff and theater for small companies for a lifetime? but from any school. Oh, Ben, I understand your question now. Great, okay, so what you're saying is you feel like some actors come to New York and they just continue to do off-Broadway stuff and theater for small companies for a lifetime, uh, and is that, is, is that better or worse than going to LA? Is that kind of what you were thinking? I think that's what you were trying to ask. Um, you know, the truth is that that is some actors' career paths, is going to great schools, getting their MFAs, doing things, and then they continue to do small shows and, and work in, in smaller theaters and more intimate spaces and tell those kind of stories. And, you know, a lot of people are thrilled to do that, and some people are not thrilled to do that, and they want to do something more or something different. Um, and some people do get stuck in that and that's how they feel about it some people are thrilled to do that and they just love the companies they're working for and they love the stories they're telling and I I really honor that as a as a, a choice and a life um, but some people are not so thrilled with that and I do think some people make the active decision when that is what's happening to move to LA um, to try and do something different with their career uh, and I think that's that's valid as well um, you know, I would argue sometimes that the people who continue to do off-Broadway and do those kind of smaller projects, first of all, first and foremost, they're very lucky because there are a lot of actors who come to the city who would kill to do those jobs and who work very hard um, to get them. And, you know, 
so uh, first and foremost, to be a working actor is a wonderful thing. Um, but if you get stuck, I do understand how that can be frustrating and you want to change. So some people go to L.A. to do film and TV and that makes total sense for them and it works or it doesn't work. Um, but I, I also I also would take the time. If you get stuck in that kind of rut, you feel like no matter where it is, whether it's off-Broadway, regional theater, whatever, but you feel like you're getting stuck in the same kind of roles. Um, people see you in one way. You're not taking the next step in your career in the way you want to. Um, I think a lot of people start to blame the industry and say, oh, well, it's not me. I, you know, I'm doing this thing. And the industry doesn't have time to care that way. You have to to do the work and figure out what it is that's not hitting um, to get to the next place. You have to do the hard thing, like the harder work to move to the next place or realize this is what you do. This is what your specialty is. People continue to see you that way and you continue to be getting work in that way and that's okay with you. So, you know, that's something that is super personal and is always worth finding someone to talk about, finding a coach, finding anyone to talk to. That doesn't have to be me. It can always be me if you want it to be me. But trying to figure out what the thing is to get to the next step um, or honoring that this is where you live, this is this is what you do, and this is what your niche is, is kind of, I, th I think, the smarter choice. All right, Sarah asks, first off, get oh, hey, thanks. Thank you, friend. That makes me feel very happy. Um, my bangs are finally growing out, so I'm feeling a little more confident about my hair. Um, her question is, when submitting online, if the post says actor's equity only, or please put in the subject line of your email the role you're applying for, slash theater, slash AEA submission. If you're not equity, is it okay to submit anyways as an... Oh, oh, wait. I have to look on my computer because it's not letting me read this on... The thing, excuse me. Okay, um, is it okay to submit anyways as an EMC candidate? You're welcome, Ben. Um, or a non-equity actor, or is that disrespectful to the requests of the casting director? Well, I'm gonna, you know, preface this as always with that depends office to office. Different CDs have different opinions about things. Um, some are a little more lenient, some are not. So I can't answer for everybody. What I can say, though, is if it is very specifically saying actors' equity only, that means that it's for an equity actor. <laughs> so, you know, at the end of the day, uh, it is not necessarily disrespectful to do that. However, if you continue to submit for something that's equity and you're not equity, um, and you do it again and again for the same office, it kind of, it's not disrespectful, but it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily make any sense. Now, here's the deal. If you are EMC, um, that definitely looks better for you than not. Uh, but I, I really am of the ilk that if the, if what you're submitting to says it's for an equity gig and you are not equity, there's no reason to submit because a bajillion equity people are going to submit for that role, and uh, and so it's not worth it. However, I would always argue, because uh, there's always a way, if you know somebody who's working on the project, right? If you know, if you have a personal relationship with anyone who's working on the project, reach out to that person personally. Now, Again, I'm not saying, I would never say, write directly to a CD that you have no relationship with um, or, you know, write directly to a director that you don't know. 
Don't do that. Please don't do that. It's not going to serve you well. However, if you do have some sort of relationship, if you've worked with an MD before um, who's working on the project or you're working with someone on the production staff in any way, um, if there's a way to get directly in contact with someone who's working on the project, um, that might be the smarter way to submit, if you know what I mean. Um, Because maybe in some weird way, uh, it, it could work out for you. I just would encourage you not to submit my personal opinion, um, for an equity gig if, if you're not. Um, and if you're going to anyways, if you're not going to listen to me, which you totally can, um, I would be very clear about, you know, your, I would put in the subject line EMC, not AEA submission. Like I would say EMC, be very clear from the start, know exactly, you know, your truth about, uh, about what you're submitting. Um, does that make sense, Sarah? Do you have a follow-up question to that? I think, you know, that is one of those rules that I was talking about that like are always changing and depend office to office. But I think pretty much across the board, if it's super clear that it's for equity only, then you should really think about it before you submit unless you know someone who's working on the project and you can talk to them. Um, and then, of course, they can give you a much clearer answer as to what's happening and why and what the contract really is and all of those things. Um, so does that make sense? Let me know. Let me know if there's a follow-up question to that. Um, does anyone else have questions for me? We've had some really great questions tonight, guys. I'm so super stoked about it. Um, we're only 30 minutes in. I have 30 more minutes uh, of time to give to you. I'm going to talk a little bit about some other things um, that I talked this week with clients about. Um, oh, good. That was my ink language. Sarah, thank you so much. That's so generous and kind of you. Um, if you have any more questions, feel free to ask them. I'm always here. Um, great. So I'm going to talk a little bit until I get my next question from you guys about another thing that... Uh, Hey, thanks, Elizabeth. That's so generous and kind. I'm just so very glad I met you so many years ago. Um, So one of the things that I talked with uh, one of my clients this week about is this idea of not having the fire under your butt to, like, get the work done that you know you need to get done or that you want to get done and, like, how to find that fire and how to figure out if, you're really done with the work here, done with the industry, done with what you want to do, or if you're just kind of being lazy and in a rut and how to know the difference and how to move forward. Um, and I talk to a lot of people about this. This is, I think most people call me when they're kind of in a uh, kiss or kill moment in their life and they're trying to figure out what it is that they're doing um, and how to differentiate feelings of kind of sadness and inadequacy with feelings of maybe I'm not doing the work. Um, And so I just kind of wanted to touch on this. I think this is a really good time of year to touch on it too. Um, First and foremost, this is a hard time of year, guys. Like, it's getting cold. It's getting dark. Though there was the first snow of the season tonight in New York City. First snow, guys. It's so thrilling. Um, But, you know, it's getting dark. It's getting cold. Hours are shifting and it's getting a little harder to get out of bed. So if you're starting to feel like you don't have the fire under your butt and and you're feeling a little inadequate, you're not alone. Um, And that doesn't mean that you need to like be done with the industry. But I will say this, if it's more than just sads, if it's more than just kind of seasonal um, 
awareness of, of lack of energy, um, and it's really more of a deep-seated kind of feeling, I really, I really encourage you to take some time before January, before, you know, everything kind of kicks off, to do some self-evaluation and, like, sit down with your thoughts and really think about it. If you constantly feel like you want to be in a place where you get a yard and you get a house and you um, want to live by the ocean, you want to live in the mountains, you want to do these other things, New York is not going to provide that for you. And it's never going to change. Like, that's the one great thing about being a New York-based anything, but definitely a New York actor is, like, New York doesn't lie to you. Like, she knows what she is, and she's always going to be that thing. She's the broad who, like, straight up tells you from the start, and if you're ready to do the rat race and you don't want a backyard and you're never going to have a big house and, all you know, you're never going to see the ocean and you're never going to see the mountains from this city, like, it doesn't change. It is what it is. Um, and if, if other things are really calling to you, there are lots of other places in this country to be a professional actor. There are lots of other places where you can be fulfilled and maybe play more of the parts that you actually want to play and um, give you the opportunities that you're not getting here. Opportunities to create communities, smaller, more intimate communities, um, and things like that. And so I think a lot of people get scared that if they they don't stay here to do the work, then they're not going to get quality work. They're not going to get to do interesting things. Um, And I would just really encourage you to think like, differently than that. Um, If your heart is hurting because you're here and you're not making the money you want to make and you're not getting to do the artistic work, like take a beat and realize nobody, nobody cares. Nobody cares if you are starring in a Broadway show except for you. Nobody has time in this, in this world, honey, in 2016 America, people do not have time to worry about that. Um, and so if you're not happy, if you're not fulfilled, if you really want a yard and you really want to be by the ocean, but you still want to be an actor, there are places to do that. If you're already working, if you're working another job right now and you're not a full-time actor and you're thinking like, oh, well, if I go someplace else, maybe I can't be a full-time actor. I'm like, honey, what are you doing right now? What are you doing right now? It's the same thing, but right now you're paying four times the amount of rent and you don't get to see, you know, the mountains that you want to see or whatever. So I, I really... It kind of goes back to um, Elizabeth's question about self-care. I've been talking to a lot of people about how we have an idea in our minds that New York is the only place creating interesting theater, the only place where you can get known as a theater actor, the only place that will serve you know, my soul. I knew I had to come to New York, and I knew I had to be an actor from the time I was little. Okay, well, that's totally valid. But there also aren't a lot of movies about, you know, people moving to, uh, to Seattle to be an actor. But guess what? You can be an actor in Seattle. You can. And you can have a house. And you can, you know, raise children and do all sorts of things. And it's just really something uh, that I've been talking to a lot of people about. We don't have a lot of examples in this industry of people being successful in their lives in lots of different ways, including being, a, being an actor in other communities. And, you know, I just, as, as the new year approaches and you're thinking about what you want to do with the gifts you've been given, I'm just going to repeat it again. New York doesn't lie to you. She changes, but not drastically. Um, and New York theater is the best and fabulous. And it is the most, um, it is the most known, that is for sure. But there are really interesting things happening in, in other places, and there are interesting lives to be led. Um, and you can always come back. Like, she's not going anywhere either. New York is a rock, man. New York will be here till kingdom come, I, I sure hope. 
Um, so I just did want to kind of throw that out there as something to really think about as you're um, thinking about New Year and resolutions and ideas. Uh, not in any way that I'm saying, like, get up and go, get out of here, we don't want you. We want you. We desperately want your stories. We want your your instruments, your your bodies, your your hearts. All of those things are necessary here. But if you're not feeling fulfilled on a personal or community-based level or even just things, if you want different things, if you want a house, if you want things in that house, if you want to be able to drive in a car to the ocean and that feels really important to you, then you really have to honor that and you really have to think about it because those things are not going to happen here ever. So that's just something that I am... Um, was thinking about a lot um, and have been talking to a lot of different people about and I just kind of wanted to put that out into the universe. Um, so it looks like I'm not getting any more questions tonight, uh, which is totally fine. We've been chatting for about 40 minutes now. I am just going to go back through and make sure I um, didn't miss anybody's answers or second questions for me. Um, let's see, when are you... We did that, Alana. We did that, George. Um, George, great. Okay, so I think that um, I'm going to sign off a little bit early if people don't have other questions for me. Um, as always, I'm going to end my uh, session reminding you that nothing will happen for you. You have to do the work. That is the, uh, the ultimate truth of this industry, right? You must do the work. And the work does not mean learning your lines and showing up and, and all that. It means you have to get off your butt. You have to make... Oh, Julia Hirsch! Yes, just popping on. Tell me your question. I'm still going to do my spiel right now while you're asking the question. Um, but you, no one is going to make a phone call for you. No one is going to send an email for you. No one is going to give you an opportunity that they don't know that you want. So if you want something and you're not feeling like it's coming to you, you need to do a little bit more work. Um, and that means really taking the time to ask yourself who you know, who you can reach out to, who you can ask questions to, all of those things. Um, and digging deep and asking yourself the hard questions as uh, along the lines of what do I want? Um, okay, hold on one second. Julia is saying, uh, Kate, what do you know about the casting season Is in Atlanta? Is there a season? Is it year-round? Okay. Yes. So, um, you know, I've never worked in Atlanta. I am not a CD in Atlanta. I have never been down there. What I do know, though, is um, there is an incredible, incredible amount of work being done in Atlanta all the time. There are great tax deals for um, people who are filming in Atlanta. And so a lot of people have started doing uh, like year-round shoots in Atlanta. So while I don't necessarily think there, you know, is like a traditional pilot season like here, um, I do know that there are tons and tons of opportunities in Atlanta, and there are agencies in Atlanta. There are great agents in Atlanta, some of whom I've worked for on projects, worked, worked with. I've worked with them on projects. I have not worked for them. Um, worked with them on projects in, you know, that have happened in New York. We've we've worked with um, Atlanta-based actors. Um, 
Oh, great. Did you see? Julia, look below. There's a great comment from my dear and wonderful friend who's saying she has dear friends based in and working in Atlanta. Messaged me and, and she'll connect you, which is great. Um, hey, look at that. Look at office, office hours making connections between, between people. I love it. This is exactly what this community is for. Um, what I will say, Julia, is Atlanta is a beautiful city. I love Atlanta. I love Georgia, not just because my whole family is from Georgia. What's up, Dalton? Um, but there's tons of work to be done there. There's, there are great theaters there. I had two, back when I was an actor, I did a production of Oklahoma, and our Curly and Lori uh, were uh, our, our two wonderful actors um, who moved to Atlanta for a while and did tons of work in theater and film and TV and were just like thriving and then decided they wanted to come back to New York and be actors. And so that's also a great thing is that you can go somewhere and you can come back. And Atlanta is a great place to go. Uh, you know, you can have a home and there are beautiful theaters and there's a lot of film and TV op opportunities there. Um, oh, you can't see who offered that nice message. Um, don't worry, Julia. I will connect the two of you behind the scenes in a private message, okay? I will definitely make sure to do that when I'm done today. I am so grateful that you both are so open and excited. So I'll make sure to connect the two of you behind the scenes after I'm done with this. Um, great. So Atlanta is a beautiful option. D.C. is a wonderful option for theater and other stuff. Um, you know, Chicago, Seattle, there's stuff happening in Houston. Um, there are tons. Nashville is like this incredible theater scene. Studio 10 in Nashville is doing beautiful, beautiful, beautiful productions. Um, there's a lot of really interesting stuff happening. And Atlanta, of course, Julia, is a really, really, really great place with tons of opportunities for film and TV and theater, which is just you know, the greatest. Um, okay, so if there are no more questions, I am going to sign off at 645. I am going to say my little spiel one more time, which of course is you must do the work. And if that means you need a teammate, I am here. Please feel free to reach out to me. Um, you can go to my website, which is www.kate-lumpkin.com. For more information on who I am, what I do, what my coaching is, you can reach out to me through there, or you can send me an email at katelumpkincasting at gmail.com. Um, or you can reach out to me here on my Office Hours with Kate Lumpkin page or my personal page at Kate Lumpkin. Feel free to friend me, reach out, ask me any questions you might have. Um, again, everything in this is just based on my personal opinion, based on the places that I've worked and the experiences that I've had. But I'm here every week on Sunday from 6 to 7 or whenever people are done with me um, between the hours of 6 and 7. And I always post these videos and repost them on my Office Hours page for the archives if you're ever looking for previous episodes of Office Hours. Okay, I hope you guys have the most incredible week. I will see you next week on Sunday from 6 to 7. And if you need anything this week, feel free to email me, write me, sign up for a coaching. I'm here and I'm so excited to work with you. January is coming fast. Get your books together. Get your headshots together. Get your looks together. Get your lives together. Do the work. Love you all so much. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. <laughs>